Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Saturday, February 27th. Thanks for starting your weekend with me this morning. Uh, I'm sure you all worked a full week. Weekend's upon us, and it's now time to get ready for fantasy baseball season and your fantasy baseball drafts, auctions, and all that great stuff. That's going to be coming, folks. That's it. The final weekend in February is upon us. March 1st is on Tuesday. Happy Leap Year. It's all you Leap Year babies. It's been four years, so enjoy Monday. And, um, you know, a lot going on, a lot in the world of baseball to talk about, uh, things we need to cover. And today what we're going to be covering is we're going to look at the American League, and in particular their starting staffs. Now, I know it's early in spring training. Things can change. We're going to run through a lot of names, and you'll get my take on who's relevant for a mixed league, who's relevant for a AL-only league, uh, some prospects maybe to consider or to keep an eye on uh, in dynasty formats or to just keep an eye on with the waiver wire as the season goes on. These guys may may not get a call. You may want to jump on them if they do. So we'll talk about the American League pitching staffs next week. Then we'll move slide over to the National League. We'll talk some National League pitching staffs. I apologize for my voice a little choppy. Late night last night with my wife. We were out late. Oh, went to see a nice little Broadway show. Finding Neverland, uh, story of Peter Pan. Highly recommend it, actually. It was, uh, it was better than I thought. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. So that's the story. So thanks for joining us. And as always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy. You can follow us on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. You can also uh, give us a call today at 347-838-838. 8088. That's 347 838 8088. Also excited to mention that the chat room is open. So jump on that. Probably the easiest way to reach. And uh, jump on the chat room and uh, post any questions or comments you may have for me. And I'll happily get to them. If you haven't listened to any of the uh, old shows, you may want to jump on there. We're, uh, with, this is our fourth baseball show of 2016. Uh, you've gotten my take on the top 12, on the top pitchers. Last week we covered the top prospects, and like we said, today we're going to look at the pitching stairs a little more in depth and uh, see who I like, who I don't like, and where, where those pitchers fall, in my opinion, for 2016. So we're going to start with the Baltimore Orioles. I've already mentioned them. And the addition of Giovanni Gallardo, he now kind of falls into the role there as their potential ace. And and anybody who knows me knows I've been down on this Baltimore pitching staff the last couple of years. I think it's held them back. Uh, they've relied on Chris Tillman potentially as their ace. And although Tillman is a respectable pitcher, this is a guy who last season went 11-on-11. 11 11. Uh, he did start 31 games, so he was out there. 173 innings pitched. Not a big strikeout guy. Six, uh, Just over six strikeouts per nine innings. A walk weight that I think is a little too high, over three per nine. And he gave over one, a little bit more than one home run per nine inning. These are not outstanding numbers. To me, these are not mixed league fantasy baseball numbers. Ubaldo Jimenez is also going to be joining that staff again. He had 32 starts last year, 184 innings pitched, just under 9 Ks per nine innings, 8.2. Same walk rate as uh, Tillman, 3.33, just under one home run allowed per nine innings. Uh, pitched to an ERA, though, of 4.11. Tillman's ERA was 4.99. So, like I said, these are their second and third starters at this point this season. And 
to me, at best, these are AL-only type of pitchers, not anybody I'm particularly interested. Miguel Gonzalez is going to fill out the staff. He went he, in 144 and two-thirds innings. Again, not a high strikeout guy, 6.7 Ks per nine, over three walks per nine, and an ERA of 491. Okay, so so not a dominant group there, two, three, and four. That's where Gallardo comes in. Giovanni Gallardo is going to uh, be the be the quote-unquote ace of this staff for Baltimore uh, after after some bizarre contract negotiations. And what a bizarre week for the Baltimore, right? The, the, the Gallardo contract, they had to go back and forth on three years, two years, the whole thing. It was injury. It wasn't injury. Then they thought they had Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler never signed. Goes back to Chicago on a one-year deal. Got to wait now. Now you got to wait and see what Chicago's next move is. Schwab is going to play. Fowler's obviously going to play. Hayward's going to play. You already got you got you got uh, um, George Soler, who was already you figured to be the right fielder. Well, he's looking around, going, "Where am I playing?" Unless they move uh, Schwaber behind the plate permanently and bench Montero. So now Schwaber needs a place to play. They got Javier Baez, who's got tremendous power, who's working out now in center field. He can play second, short, and third. He's just going to be a jack-of-all-trades guy. That's why I wasn't crazy about this. The the Zobar signing baffled me because I thought Baez would be ready to play there. They just brought in Shane Victorino. I I don't even see him making the team unless there's a bunch of trades happening. I do think a a move is made. I think think Solaire goes... The question is, where does he go and, and who does he bring back? Well, obviously, they'd look for pitching, whether starting or bullpen help would be my guess. Okay, but Gallardo is going to be the ace now of that Baltimore staff. Last season, he went 13-11 and 11 with a 3-4-2 ERA, 121 strikeouts in 184 innings. Again, not a strikeout guy. Back of that up to 2014, basically the same ERA, 351, 146 Ks, 192 innings. Okay, not a strikeout. What he's done, if you look at his career, three-year average of 11 wins, 3.7 ERA, and 137 strikeouts in 185 innings. Effective, yes, not a strikeout guy. He is a low-end mixed-league option. He's a low-end mixed-league option. That's how I view these Baltimore starters. Now, let's talk potential, though, because they got two guys I like. They got Gaussman, who they've up, down, all around. Okay, there's been no denying that. Gaussman should have the inside track on the fifth starter role. Okay, 8.25 Ks per nine, a low walk rate than everybody else, 232. Pitched to a 4.25 in ERA. He had 17 starts last year, 25 games appeared in. Hopefully they put him in the rotation, they leave him, they let him get the year. The other guy I'm super high on, anybody knows this, I've talked about him for the last couple of years, Dylan Bundy. Uh... He has been boggled down with injury. Um, two years removed from shoulder uh, shoulder surgery. He had, uh, I'm sorry, Tommy John surgery. Then last year he had some shoulder issues. It looks like this year he's going to start in the bullpen. Okay. Who knows? He's out of options, so he's got to stick with the team. They're not going to expose him because they'd lose him in a heartbeat. He's going to start in the bullpen. The question with him becomes, does he move to the rotation? My advice is, Dynasty leagues, he should be owned. If it's a seasonal format, keep an eye on him. If he makes the move of the rotation, he could help. The strikeout rate, everything else will be better than than anybody else on the Orioles staff that they offer. 
So he's someone to keep an eye on. Potentially, he's better than. I mean, we know what about the Limonez is, Miguel Gonzalez. We know these guys. Bundy's the guy to keep an eye on. Baltimore also has another top-rated prospect, Hunter Harvey, down in the minors. Again, the type of player keep an eye on him. Monitor his minor league season, and and see what they do with him. Because I think offensively, this Baltimore team can compete. Do they have the pitching, or do they have to bring the young kids up to to give that pitching staff a boost? Gallardo's a mixed league option. Everybody else is an AL option at best right now. Gaussman, Bundy. Uh, you want to take a flyer on Gaussman in a mixed league, go for it. Bundy, keep an eye on. Most of these guys are AL options at best. All right, the next staff I want to take a look at is the Boston Red Sox, as I run through the American League here today. Now, the Red Sox made the big move of the offseason when it came to starting pitching. They brought in their ace. They paid for him. They paid a bundle for him, okay, and that's David Price. And we talked about him earlier uh, on my top pitching show. So David Price, worth every penny. Like any ace, like any older player, is he going to be worth it at the end of the contract? Well, Boston obviously doesn't care. He's 30 years old, okay. His three-year average, he's pitched 218 innings over the last three years, 248 in 2014, 220 last year. Okay, gives you 30 starts a season, doesn't really get injured, so he's solid for you there. All right. Last season, 18 and 5, 15 and 12, ERA of 245 last year, uh, 225 Ks in 220 innings. His three year average is an ERA of 3.01 with a 1.08 whip and about a strikeout per nine. About a strikeout per inning, nine Ks per nine. So we like David Price, obviously. He's a top tier pitcher. He's just outside my top 12 overall. Uh, he makes my top 15. So still worth an investment early in any draft, in a mixed league draft. Now the question becomes, what about the rest of this uh, rotation? Okay. Um, Clay Buckholtz, in only 18 starts, and man, has Clay Buckholtz teased over the last couple of years or what? I mean, my gosh. He has just teased and teased and teased. And you keep waiting for that eruption out of Clay Buckholtz. And and you see the talent there, whether it's some years he's just ineffective, whether he's injured, um, all he does is just tease. He really does. Now, last year, he looked great. Unfortunately, though, he only pitched 113 innings, seven, 18 starts. But he had a K rate of 8.5 per nine. He walked only 1.8 per nine. Gave up less than a half a home run a game. CRA was three two six. He went seven and seven. But again, he he is. I mean, look at this three years. Unbelievable. So that was last year, 2015. In 2014, in 28 starts, he pitched to a five three four ERA. 132 strikeouts and 170 innings. 2013, he only pitched 16 games, and he went 12 and one with a 174 ERA. So will the real Clay Buckholtz please stand up? Because you don't know what's going. You know he's on, he's off, he's on. The one season he stays healthy, he was terrible. The last, the two of the last three seasons, <clears throat> when he got less than twenty starts, he was terrific. He was terrific. Buckholz is worth a flyer in a mixed league. He's worth a flyer. This Boston team is better. He's not the pressure of the ace. Price takes that. So he's worth a flyer. But I can't give him a. And Annie Anno's stamp of approval, 
You just don't know what you're going to get. The, the potential is tantalizing. Okay? But Buckles is worth a mixed league. The rest of this staff has a lot to be desired. Okay? Joe Kelly, 482 ERA, 7.37 Ks per nine. Control issues, though, 328 walks per nine. Started 25 games last year. He's, a, he's an AL-only option. Rick Porcello, underwhelming. Boston, they, they messed that one up. They gave up Cespedes. They signed Porcello. Last season, he went 9-15. and 100, Went out there, pitched 28 games. About two walks per nine. 7.8 Ks per nine. Gave up over, over one home run per nine innings. ERA was 492. He was hittable. 332 bat pip. So the guy was hittable. Okay, even his FIP, his ex-FIP, you know, uh, his adjusted ERAs were not much better than his actual ERAs. So keep that in mind. Porcello is, an, again, an AL option. And not somebody, I know I'm, I'm running an AL-only league, and it's not somebody I'm looking for, even an AL-only. Eduardo Rodriguez, he's an interesting pitcher as well. Now, he pitched well for Boston last season. 21 starts, decent K rate, 7.25 per nine. Walks a little high, closing in on three per nine. I don't like that. I'm, I like my walk rate at two or under two. That's where I want my walk rate. Pitched with 3.85 ERA, which was in line with his FIP, which tells you, okay, it was pretty accurate. Eduardo Rodriguez is a is a low-end mix, depending on how deep you are. And remember, when I talk mixed league, I, I, I speak in general terms of 12 teams. If you have a more specific question, obviously, just get in the chat room and ask. So when I look at Boston and I look at, at, at uh, mixed league options, I look at price, obviously. I look at Buckles. And then very late, I look at Rodriguez. Porcello, Kelly, right now, those are AL guys for me. Those are going to be AL only guys for me. Now, I got to be honest, the, the, those, both of those staffs, I don't love them. I, I don't love them. When we wrap up and I talk about ranking them, they won't rank that high. I think Boston will rank higher than Baltimore, obviously. Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore staff, I just think, is, is terrible. Now, the next staff, I love. I love this Chicago White Sox pitching staff. Chris Sale, we know, is an ace, right? There's, there's no denying that. He has proven that over and over again. Somebody you love. Again, he is in my top 12. He's in my top 10, actually. Uh, somebody I would grab as my number one fantasy starter. When you look at 11.82 Ks per nine, under two walks per nine at 1.8. A 3.41 ERA, but the FIP is 273. So when it's fielder adjusted, you, you like it even better. And then there's some guys who are a little underrated there. You look at Jose Quintana. Went nine and 10. Took the ball 32 times. The K's rate, 7.72. The walk rate, under 2, 1.9. Numbers I like. His ERA was 336. His FIP was less than that 318. You like that even more. And this is a better White Sox team now. Remember, they've added Todd Frazier. They've added Brett Lowry. Jimmy Rollins is there on a minor league contract, maybe to play set, uh, shortstop until their young prospects are ready. So I like this White Sox improvement there, folks. I like what they've done. Can help a pitcher like Quintana. Now, 
The next guy, I, I love this kid, Carlos Radon. Okay, he comes in, uh, first round pick, Uber prospect. Really spends no time at all in the minors. Gets the crack. He pitched in 26 games last year, 23 starts, 139 innings. He had nine Ks per nine innings. Now here's the big issue, and this will make or break Carlos Rodon. Four, five, nine walks per nine. Brutal, 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 brutal. Cost them innings, cost them games. Point seventy one hits per nine. Now you look at his ERA, three seventy five. The FIP ERA was three eighty seven. Now when I take Carlos Rodon, though, okay, I take Carlos Rodon, and I look at his second half numbers. So I'm pulling them up, and as somebody who was a Carlos Rodon guy, Carlos Rodon in the second half. Pitched with 370 RA, but most importantly, that walk rate went down about one walk per nine innings. Still not great by any shape or form, but it did go down as the season went on. And that's over 12 starts in the second half of the season. Okay? His K rate was solid, about nine Ks per nine over the second half. ERA dropped a little bit. Radon is somebody who I think is ready to take a step this year. If he does, this White Sox staff will be even better. Okay, he's a key piece to that staff. And to me, he's somebody worth taking a flyer on in a mixed league. Sale and Quintana, we know. Radon's the guy, though. The Rondo, You know, every year, there's that one pitcher who you take late who explodes. It could be Radon. It was Dallas Keuchel last year, probably, right? Nobody had Dallas Keuchel. <clears throat> Radon could be one of those guys. The rest of the staff, eh, you got John Danks. He's an AL-only option at best. Okay, he went 7-15. He only struck out about six batters per nine. He pitched with 471 ERA. They brought in Matt Latos. He exploded. He was just, yeah. if they redefined bad and called it Latosing, then that, then that was what we would do with Matt Latos. He was just not good last year. Okay, Carson Fulmer, Spencer Adams, some young prospects they have. And then Eric Johnson may compete for a spot. Looks like late. They signed Latos. He's going to get the fifth spot. Okay, and then they have Eric Johnson, who would probably be their swingman, sixth starter. He had six starts last year. 334 ERA, seven Ks per nine. He right now is probably slated for the bullpen. Just keep an eye on him there as well, though. Okay, so I like this White Sox staff, but a lot hinges. A lot of it hinges on Radon. That's the key to that staff. Monitor him. Grab Sale early. He's a second-round pick. Quintana's a little bit later. Radon's a little bit later, but Radon's got probably... Uh, Radon could be Sale. That could be Sale. When you look at his minor league K rates, it was 12 Ks per nine innings. It was absurd. So I, I like him. It all with Radon will be the walks. If he keeps walking four batters a game, it won't work out for him. He cuts that down to that, that two or less, you'll be okay with Carlos Radon. Now, this next staff is a staff I love even more. Because if you want to draft a staff for K-rate, man, this Cleveland staff is it. This Cleveland Indian staff is it. When you look at their top starting pitchers, okay, one through four, every one of them struck out at least eight and a half batters per nine innings. You had Corey Kluber coming off a magical 2014 
Now, you look at his record, and you go, eh, he wasn't great. He was 9-16. and 16. Okay, he pitched to a 3 ERA, but his FIP was 297. So the adjusted ERA was more in line of what he does. And all his other numbers are beautiful. He had 9.9 Ks per nine. He had a walk rate of under two, 1.8 walks uh, uh, walks per nine. He, uh, home runs per nine was 0.89. He actually had a pretty good season when you look at those numbers. And for me, I love the K rate. So there's Kluber at 9.93. Then you've got Carlos Carrasco. Who I think is still underrated, right? He went 14 and 12, 183 innings, pitched 30 starts. And here's the nice thing about these these Indian starters: they're top four. They all went out there. Kluber Gate pitched in 32 games. Carrasco in 30. Danny Salazar in 30. Trevor Bauer in 30. Okay, Carrasco in his 30 starts, his K rate was 10 and a half Ks per nine. Walk rate was just a tad over two. Three six uh, three ERA, but that FIP ERA was 284. 284. Danny Salazar. He went 14 and 10. A 9.49 ERA. Walks were a little higher. Two and a half. Gave up 1.12 ERA. Uh, home runs per nine, I should say. 3.45 ERA. And we keep waiting for Trevor Bauer, right? Because a few years ago, Trevor Bauer was a, was a, uh, an elite prospect. Bauer slid in very nicely in this fourth spot. Again, like Radon, Bauer takes the next step if he gets his control under wraps. He had the K rate I liked, 8.69. Unfortunately, the walks were high, four walks per nine innings. That leads to an ERA of four and a half. Cut those walks down. You've got possibly the best starting staff in the American League, if it's not already. Because that top three is terrific. That top three is terrific. Okay. The fifth spot in the rotation, that's going to be a little bit of a battle this spring. You got guys like uh, Chase Anderson there, Josh Tomlin. I'm not interested in any of them. Please, please don't. TJ House. Maybe monitor the situation, see who gets the job for an AL only format. You know, Josh Tomlin in, what was it, 10 starts. Pitched to a three ERA. He also gave up two homers per nine innings, which is not something I like. Okay. So these guys are AL only options at best. Now, keep in mind, they do have an elite prospect. Whether he's up this year is not not something I'm expecting, but that's Brady Aiken, top pick in a draft a year or so ago. Brady Aiken eventually will join this staff, and my goodness, will it be elite. Okay, love this staff. I am in on Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar. I don't mind Bauer a little bit later on because they're K rates, folks. They're just they're just outstanding, and that's going to be the theme of today. Is if you're if you're striking batters out, I like you for fantasy purposes. If you're striking batters out, I like you for fantasy purposes. There's no doubt about it. All right. Continue along. We're going alphabetically here. It just makes things easier. And then I'll talk about how I rank these. Don't forget, if you want to jump on the chat room, the chat room is open with any questions you may have if you're listening live. If you're not listening live and you're listening on iTunes, I thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, numbers every week have been terrific. I do appreciate that, everybody who's been finding the time to listen and uh, prepare for their baseball season. The Detroit Tigers, next on my list. And they've made some moves, right? 
We know David Price is gone now. And they've added some young blood. Whether all the young blood appears in the rotation at once is doubtful. But there is some young talent that is showing up there. Now, first off is Jordan Zimmerman. Zimmerman signed away from the Washington Nationals. And a supremely underrated pitcher, in my view, is Jordan Zimmerman. Okay, when you look at Zimmerman last season, uh, not as good as 2014, but not a bad 2015. 366 ERA, a whip of 1.2, 164 strikeouts in 200 innings, 201 innings. 2014 was better. His ERA was a full run less at 266. More case, 182 and 199 innings. Three-year average of 169 strikeouts in 205 innings, but he wins games. He's averaged 15 wins over the last three seasons. I like Zimmerman in a mixed league. I'm not drafting him as a as a top starting pitcher, but if I end up on draft day with him as my number two or number three starter, I'm pleased. I'm very pleased with Jordan Zimmerman. Now, he's joined by Justin Verlander, and here's the big question about Verlander. We know he missed the beginning of the year with injury. And he came in, and he struggled. But then you look at his final numbers. His final numbers were okay. He finished 5-8. and eight. This was not a good Detroit team last year. Struck out over 7.5 batters per nine. Walks were a tad over 2 per nine. But he finished with a 338 ERA, which is, is nothing, you know, this is not the, the the Justin Verlander, however, that we once loved, right? We know that. It's a different guy. It's a different guy, the, this Verlander. But it's still a Verlander who, when drafted in the right spot, could be effective. And that's the key, is where are you taking him? Now, when you look at Verlander's second half last season, when you look at his second half, the K rate went up to 8.3, the walk rate went down to 1.8, and the ERA dropped to 2.8. Now, he went 5-6, and six, don't chase wins. Okay? He was terrific in the second half last season. So he's worth the investment as a third starter. He's worth the investment as a third starter. Okay. Now, going the other way is Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez, in the second half, pitched to a 6.10 ERA. And this is coming off a year, the year before, when he led the American League in ERA. So obviously Detroit isn't giving up on him. They're looking at him as their third starter. Again, all of them, Zimmerman, Verlander, Anibal Sanchez, worth a flyer as a mixed league option. I will take Anibal Sanchez, and here's the thing. I'll even take their slated fourth starter, Daniel Norris. A top prospect from Toronto, who they got in the David Price trade. Okay? In eight starts for Detroit last year, 36 innings, 6.6 Ks per nine, less than two walks per nine, pitched with 3.6 ADRA. Norris is another guy who is a top, top prospect. Detroit knew what they were doing. Depending on the depth of your mixed league, Norris is worth a flyer. Norris is worth a flyer. In a 10-team, probably not. Monitor the waiver wire for him. 12-team, 14-team, 15-team, you're going to have Daniel Norris on your team if you draft well. Pelfrey was brought in to be their fifth starter. Don't even think about it. Maybe in an AL only option. 
And then keep an eye on Fulmer, Michael Fulmer, who they got from the Mets in the Cespedes trade. Fulmer is a terrific pitching prospect. He was down in double-A last year. He was fantastic. The Mets didn't want to give up on him, but they knew they had to give up on something. And if the Mets didn't have all the pitching that they had, Fulmer would have been their top guy. The Mets just had an embarrassment of riches on the mound that made Fulmer expendable. And, And... if they didn't sign Zimmerman, Fulmer would be in the rotation this year. But they decided to bring in some veterans. Zimmer, who's man, who's very good. Pelfrey, who is who Pelfrey is. So Fulmer, you could see in the second half. At some point. Once Pelfrey starts to blow up anyway. You could you could make a move for Fulmer. Okay. Pretty good staff. Not top of the not line. I don't see the ace. I don't see the number one guy. I don't think Verlander's in anymore. I don't think Zimmerman's ever been it. Zimmerman would fit his role best when he was Strasburg's running mate. Not when he was the ace. Okay. The staff looks better with David Price still in it, that's for sure. Okay. Next staff I like, and I like this staff a lot too. They're going to be highly ranked. The Houston Astros. You talk about young arms ready to contribute. They've got a bunch of them. We know they have Dallas Keuchel. He won the Cy Young Award. He's in He's in the top tier starting pitches. Worth an investment, round two, round three. Okay, right? We 8.38 Ks per nine, less than two walks a nine. The ERA was terrific. He won 20 games. Colin McHugh. Guy won 19 games. Now, we say don't chase wins, but this is a terrific Houston Astros team. They'll have a full season of Carlos Gomez in center field, a full season of Carlos Correa at shortstop. What does Gomez have left? What does Correa have in front of him? They've added Giles to the bullpen. We're assuming he's going to close. Gregerson now in the eighth. The bullpen is better. You could chase a few wins here maybe with Houston. I know you don't like to do it. We don't like to do it. It's probably the last stat you want to look at when you're evaluating your pitchers for fantasy reasons. But you you could chase a few here. McHugh took them out 32 times over 200 innings. Struck out 7.5 batters per nine. Pitched to a 3.89 ERA. Walks were a little high, 2.34. But McHugh I like. He's a mixed-league option. Lance McCullers, they brought him up last season in 22 starts, not over 9 Ks per 9. Like any young pitchers, where was the problem? He walked over 3 batters per 9 innings. That's high. But he pitched with 3-2-2 ERA. Again, like some of these other young pitchers I've mentioned, control will be the issue. Can he, take, can he eliminate one of those walks per every 9 innings? If he does that, got a terrific pitching staff there, 1, 2, and 3. One, two, and three. Now, they've added some other arms. Okay. They still have Scott Feldman. He's an AL-only option at best. I know at one point he got off to a hot start last year. He finished with a 3-9 ERA. Uh, only five Ks per nine innings, though. I'm not very interested in Scott Feldman. You got Mike Fiers there, uh, formerly of the Brewers. In 62 innings for the for the Astros, nine starts. He struck out 8.52 batters per nine, pitched to a 3.32 ERA. Fiesz is always tempted. He's always teased with Milwaukee because of that strikeout rate. 
if you if you like that strikeout rate, and I do, he's very low low mixed league option, very late mixed league option, definitely an NL, uh, AL only option. And then they brought in Doug Fister, and 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 I find him interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how the back end of that staff shakes out. Now you know Keiko McHugh and McCullers are in, so now you've got three for two: Fiers, Feldman, and Fister. They signed him to a big deal, seven-year deal, a seven million dollars. Not seven years. I'm sorry, one-year deal, seven million. It's worth five million more in bonuses. I mean, you can get a twelve million dollar payday. So who is he? Is he 2013 Doug Fister, fourteen and nine, three six seven ERA? Is he 2014, sixteen and six, two forty one? Or is his last year five and seven four one nine, and fifteen starts? See, I I'm having a hard time taking any of the numbers out of Washington series last year. I really am up from their pitchers. You're telling me that Strasburg, Fister, Zimmerman. All just fell off a cliff at the same time. How great was the dysfunction in that clubhouse that potentially caused that? How terrible a manager was Matt Williams that caused that? When you think about it, there was talented pitching staff, right? A year ago, we would have sat down and talked about that Washington Nationals pitching staff and said, this is one of the greatest pitching staffs ever assembled. And it fell apart, and it fell apart quickly. And what happened? They all ran for the hills. Zimmerman, gone. Fister, gone. Drew Storen, gone. They all got out. A change of scenery is going to help some of these former national pitchers. Fister should be one of them. 32 years old, he's by no means done yet. If he makes the rotation, I'm willing to take a flyer on him late in the mixed league and expect a 12-win a, a season with a sub-4 ERA, a back-of-the-rotation type of guy for my fantasy team. I'd rather have him than Feldman. Okay, But you can make a claim, especially with Fister, and I'm going to assume Fister's in the rotation, that, that all five of these guys are, are mixed league options. Keiko McHugh, McCullers, Mike Fiez, and Fister. Uh, mixed league. Obviously, all of them are AL only options, but all of them could be mixed league. You know, Fister is a three-year average of 107 strikeouts and 158 innings, a 3.35 ERA and a 1.25 WHIP. Like I said, he's not going to be your ace, but he is—he's Giovanni Gallardo, and Giovanni Gallardo is the number one guy in Baltimore. Fister is the number five guy in Houston. With a team that's ready to rake. Love this Houston pitcher and staff. In my view, it's between them and Cleveland as potentially the best staff in the American League. Best staff in the American League. Continue along. We move on to the World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. 
They lost Johnny Sueto. He was a rental. We knew that. And they brought in Ian Kennedy as his replacement. Now, Ian Kennedy, although he's getting paid a fortune, is not slated to be the number one guy there in Kansas City. Okay? Kansas City's hopes and dreams that that ends up being your Donnie Ventura, who two years ago we know was terrific. Last season, though, a little bit back to reality, but it doesn't change the the talent and ability that's there with Ventura. 8.6 Ks per nine. Pitched to an ERA over four. Okay, again, walks are an issue with a lot of this staff. Okay, he walked over 3.2 batters per nine innings. Edison Volquez was 3.2 batters per nine innings. Volquez struck out less than seven per nine. Both of them won 13 games. They pitched plenty. Okay, Volquez was solid, 355 ERA. They're mixed league options, obviously. Now, you add in Ian Kennedy, who does strike out batters. There's no denying that. Okay, and he signed a big deal with them. Five-year contract. Last season, he was he was more than a K per inning. He had 174 strikeouts in 168 innings. 2014, 207 strikeouts in 201 innings. Now, he pitched to a 4-2-8 ERA last year in San Diego, which was another mess of a situation. The year before, he was 3-6-3, but a three-year average of 4-2-5 ERA. Now, he's playing with a significantly better team, with a significantly better uh, defense. I mean, you love the Kansas City Royal defense. Hosmer, uh, Escobar, uh, uh, Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, Alex Gordon, Jared Dyson in right field. I mean, that's an outfield that could go get it. Sal Perez behind the plate. So did all the all the the change of scenery stats tell you that Kennedy should be a lot better. Better team, better ballpark, uh, better defense, and and one of the best bullpens in the game. They added Ryan. Uh, uh, um, they have Kelvin Herrera. They lost Greg Holland. He's out with Tommy John surgery, and then you got Wade Davis closing, who's the best reliever in baseball. Wade Davis is the best closer in the game. Just unhittable. So I like Kennedy. I like Kennedy in a mixed league. He's going to give you. He's going to give you 200 Ks if he pitches 200 innings. He's going to give you 200 Ks. And I think he is the the most predictable of the Royal starters. He's the most predictable of the Royal starters. 12 and 12, 200 Ks. Volquez, he's teased and taunted forever. I take Kennedy before Volquez. I'd probably take Yodani Ventura before Kennedy because of the upside, but, you know, what is Yodani Ventura? He got sent down last year. Remember that? Then at the back end, you've got guys like Danny Duffy. You've got Chris Young. You've got Chris Medlin. They brought in Mike Miner. Somehow, someway, those last two spots are going to get sorted out. AL options only. Kyle Zimmer, top prospect. When he's up, you want him. You're going to want him. Royals added Joe Blanton to their bullpen. He was terrific last season. So this is a, this is a good pitching staff. Bullpen is deep. Bullpen is very deep. You like it. You like it. Now going the other way. So so right now, who do I like? I like Kansas City. 
I don't mind Kansas City stiff. I trust Kansas City. That's the way I should phrase it. Because there's no way you look at the Royals on paper and go, oh, my God, I love this team. No, but you trust it. They've done it two years in a row. You can't, you can't ignore that. Okay? I love the Houston staff. I love, love the Cleveland staff. I love the White Sox staff. This next staff is a staff I cannot get behind whatsoever, and that's the Angels. Garrett Richards, good pitcher. Good pitcher. Suffered that bad knee injury two seasons ago. He came back to go 15-12. and 12. Pitched with 3.65 ERA. It's over 7Ks per nine. Three high walk rate, though. <clears throat> 3.3 walks per nine. Yeah, this kid, Andrew Haney, though, who threw a couple of different trades through the Dodgers, from, from the Marlins to the Dodgers to the Angels, Howie Kendrick. Haney came up in 18 games. Pitched with three four nine ERA, walked only two point three batters per nine, like that a little bit lower. Not a great strikeout rate, six point six four. But Haney's talented. He's 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 worth a mixed league as well as Garrett Richards, C.J. Wilson. Don't buy into it. Okay, not a high K rate. The walk rate is too high. His ERA was three eight nine, but the FIP was actually higher at four point oh two. Tells you he was getting a little lucky. Not a C.J. Wilson guy. And Jared Weaver, I I. I he was a one-time ace. Last year's fastball was coming in at about 83 miles an hour. Only struck out five batters per nine. His control was good, less than two walks per nine. But that's about all I could say. His ERA was 464, and that's accurate. The FIP was 481. He's hittable. He's hittable. Stay away from Jared Weaver. Schumacher, Tyler Skaggs. There's a lot of AL-only options here at best. Richards, Haney, Mixed League. Everybody else is an AL-only option, and I'm not even investing much in an AL-only league in some of these guys. I won't touch Jared Weaver. Jared Weaver, CC Sabathia, two pitchers to me who are they're at the tail end, and, and the tail's getting shorter and shorter and shorter for these two guys. There's not much on this staff I like. I have a feeling this could be a pretty bad uh, Angels team this year. I just I just don't see what they're doing. Pujols... Is <clears throat> coming off that foot surgery. This is a team that could struggle. Minnesota Twins pitching staff. Another staff I don't love. The guy who I like the best on this staff isn't even potentially on the staff at the start of the season. That's Jose Barrios, their minor league stud prospect. And I talked about him in the prospect show last week. The only thing that kept Berrios from the making the mate coming up at some point last year was the fact he logged a decent amount of innings in the minors. Okay? But combined between double A AA and triple A last year, he went fourteen and five. hundred and sixty six innings pitched, hundred and seventy five strikeouts. Okay. Expect Berrios in the rotation by mid season at the least. And you want to get in on that. He's somebody you want to get in on. If you're in a deep enough league where you can roster him, he's worth the pick in the mixed league. As far as everybody else, you got Kyle Gibson, a 6.7 strikeout rate. Uh, you got Trevor May, who in 16 starts, 48 games, pitched done most of his work in the bullpen. Uh, Tommy Malone. No, thank you. Irvin Santana, 
pitched to an even four ERA, but none of these guys are strikeout guys. They strike out less than seven batters per nine innings. Phil Hughes, Phil Hughes was terrific two years ago. Last season, he was back to being Phil Hughes, a K rate of under six. Pinpoint control on Phil Hughes. He's going to kind of keep your whip down. I get that. Point ninety three walks per nine. That's terrific. But he still pitched to a four four ERA. Tells you he's hittable. Ricky Nolasco could strike out a few batters, but his ERA was six seventy five. There's nothing to like on this Twins or starting staff except for Berrios, and that's going to be funny. You may be the guy who, in round twenty three of a fourteen team league, goes, "I'll take Jose Berrios," and everybody goes, "Who?" And somebody's going, "He's not even on their roster." Okay, we'll see. <laughs> AL only at best these guys uh, Berrios could have a little impact later in the season New York Yankees staff a lot of question marks here and I gotta be careful because anybody who knows me knows I have some always have issues with the Yankees what about this scandal this year though huh with them if you're not in the New York area maybe you didn't hear it Yankees are not letting people print tickets at home this year and when asked why, their uh, bigwig CEO basically said because the premier seats, which are costing thousands of dollars, these people don't want the riffraff from who are getting the seats for cheaper on StubHub or whatever, sitting with them. Talk about elitist. Talk about elitist. Yankees. I digress. Tanaka is the ace of the staff. Does the elbow hold up? He slid in drafts last year because of those concerns. And let's be honest, he wasn't as good as he was before he injured the, the elbow. He was not as good. He was not as dominant. He was no longer an ace. He only got in 24 games. He only struck out eight batters per nine innings. Okay? Before that elbow, when it's a partial tear of the injury, they've rehabbed it. But before that injury... We know how dominant he was. His ERA jumped in 2014 to 277 to 351. His strikeouts dropped. In 2014, in 136 innings, he had 141 strikeouts. Last season, in 154 innings, he only had 139. More innings, less case. I don't like it. I don't like it. Still won games, wasn't dominant. He's no longer an ace. He may need to get that elbow fixed, and then maybe he comes back to being an ace, but he doesn't want to do it. Pitched to a 351 ERA and a 398 FIP. Now, I will say this about this Yankee staff, though. They will not be taxed. Okay, Girardi's going to baby them. They're going to be out by the sixth inning, the latest. And I can't blame Girardi for doing that when you look at the bullpen that's been built there in the Bronx. Dylan Patances, Andrew Miller... And are all this Chapman. There is no reason a Yankee starter will ever have to go seven innings. They're going to go six. They're going to go six and they're going to get out. So what should you expect from some of these guys? You expect six innings, four strikeouts, five strikeouts. And they're going to get them out of the game. You know, when you've got Batances striking out 14 batters per nine. When you're striking out Miller, 14 batters per nine. Okay, then you got Michael Pineda. Pineda's been up, down, all around. He went 12-10 and 10 last year, 437 ERA, but he strikes out 8.7 per nine. I like Ivaldi, who they got from the Marlins. 
pitched a 4.2 ERA, but the FIP was 342. Tells you he pitched better uh, uh, than maybe the numbers show. His second half was very, very good last year until they had to shut him down with injury. Seven Ks per nine. The walk rate is close to three. You want to get it down a little bit. You want to get it down a little bit. Then they got the young kid Severino, super talented, 289 ERA. Was there a little luck involved? Maybe with the FIP of 437. I don't really buy that, though. I think Severino's talented. Just eight Ks per nine innings. Get the walk rate down a little bit. Ivan Nova coming off Tommy John last season. He was terrible. Right now, he's the odd man out. CC Sabathia, uh, uh, God bless him, he's sober now. I don't know how much that helps his knee, though. And that's what it comes down to with him. The knee is bad. And I think that's what's caused some of his issues. He was not good last year. We know that. But I look at his team, and oh, Tanaka's a mixed leaguer. Pineda's in a mixed league. Severino's definitely in a mixed league. I'm taking Avaldi deep in a mixed league as well. Nova, Sabathia are probably AL-only options at best. But I will say this about the Yankee staff. If you are in a league that you say to yourself, well, I don't need relievers because all all, the only category a reliever is going to give me is saves, scratch that idea with the Yankees and invest in Batantis and invest in Andrew Miller. And even if they don't give you a single save all season, and I will tell you this, let's say Dylan Batantis matches his 84 innings last year. He pitched in 84 innings. It's going to give you over 100 strikeouts. It's going to give you over 100 Ks. Same with Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller pitched in 61 innings last year. He gave you over 100 strikeouts. So I don't care if they don't get a single save. Let's say, hypothetically, Dylan Patances appears in four games a week. If he appears in four games a week, that's four innings. In four innings of pitched, he's going to probably not give up a single run, so he's going to lower your ERA. Maybe he'll walk a batter or two, but your whip is going to be fine, and he's going to give you eight strikeouts. He's going to give you seven or eight strikeouts. The same goes for Miller. Let's say the Yankees go, they play six games a week, they go four and two every week. They're going to appear. Four games, boom. Four innings, seven Ks, nothing earned. Not going to give you a win, not going to give you a save. But the strikeouts they're going to give you, when you look around the league and look at some of the, the, the back-end pitches you may be investing in, you're better off with a Batantis or a Miller who's going to keep the ERA down and the strikeouts up. And you don't have to worry about, a, oh, the occasional bad start. You're just not going to have to worry about it. So be, be aware of that. Obviously, if you're in a league that uses holds, their value increases tremendously. Be aware of that, and don't be afraid of using them in your life. Just, here's, my, here's my, you know, I used to say it all the time about Adam Dunn. I'll take Adam Dunn on my team every year in round 24 because he was my, quote, cheap source of power. Well, Dylan Batances and Andrew Miller now in the seventh and eighth inning role can be my 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 late source of K's. Maybe I have Tanaka, and we know his strikeout rate is down. Well, now if I have Dylan Batances, that kind of makes up for it. 
Because by the end of the season, Patances isn't going to be that far behind Tanaka in total case. At, at, at you know, significantly less the workload. And probably, you know, save you a few rounds on draft day. Oakland Athletics, as we try to start to make our way around the closing bend here. Uh, Oakland A's, they have an ace, a young ace, a terrific ace in Sonny Gray. Uh, just outside my top 15 when I talked about the top baseball, uh, top pitches a couple of weeks back, but he's still terrific. We know that. Okay, Sonny Gray had a great year last year, went 14 and 7, 273 ERA, over 7 Ks per nine, two and a half walks per nine. Faded a little bit down the stretch, but still terrific and worth an investment. As a as a top tier starting pitcher, don't chase wins with him. This A's team could be they could go either way. I don't love it though, and I don't love the pitching behind him. Okay, uh, Jesse Hahn is there. He pitched with three thirty five ERA. He's actually a pretty good pitcher. He came over from uh, San Diego over a year ago, but a uh, strikeout rate was less than six per nine innings. Nothing to get too excited about. Chris Bassett is there. He went one and eight, but his ERA was three fifty six. Again, though, less than seven Ks. Per nine innings, so so this is an AL only type of pitching staff for most of them. For me, you know, you got Doolittle closing games out. I like him. Hopefully, the shoulder is healthy. Kendall Graveman, less than six strikeouts per nine innings. Um, they've added Henderson Alvarez of formerly of the Marlins. He was he's injured. He's going to miss some time early. So monitor when he returns. Sean Manea, he's the prospect to keep an eye on. They got him over from Kansas City. Super talented kid. When he appears and how effective he is, he could be a free agent, waiver wire type of pickup. Uh, the question really with this team pitching-wise is, does Sonny Gray finish the season with the Oakland A's? Oakland is in a full rebuild mode. And we know that nothing brings back more than pitching. Ace pitching. And that's what Sonny Gray is. You know, you take that Sonny Gray talent and put him at the front of a twin staff, who I know they won't invest in him, or you put him in front of a Kansas City Royals or a Baltimore Orioles staff or add him to David Price in Boston, okay? Add him in the Bronx. Add him to the Yankees. Sonny Gray's a game-changer there. For some team potentially at the trade deadline, so be aware of that. And you know, in, in an AL only or an NL only type of format, you know, plan ahead. Plan ahead. Look at these rosters and go, who could potentially make sure I save some fab money in case a guy like Sonny Gray gets traded to the National League, and now you need to invest. Now you need to invest. It's something to consider, something to keep an eye on uh, and be aware of. You know, don't spend all your money in in June. The trade deadline's in August, end of July, beginning of August. So you want to be ready for that. Sonny Gray goes to the National League. You empty the bucket there. You empty the bucket. Seattle Mariners, King Felix, still an ace. I know his numbers dipped a little bit last year. Still an ace, still somebody I'll very happily own on my fantasy team. Taiwan Walker, young kid, you saw flashes last year. I'm all in on on Walker this year. All in on him. He finished 11 and 8 
ERA was high, but he was better in the second half. The K rate, though, was already there, 8.3. Felix had an 8.52. Walker walked less batters per nine innings than Felix Hernandez did. Hazashi Ikawuma was injured early. He still got in 20 starts. 7.7 Ks per nine. Walks were tremendous, less than one and a half, a 354 ERA. I like the Seattle staff. Walker, Paxton, Awukuma, they've brought in Wade Miley. He's an AL only. And I'm going to do one last year. I've done it two years in a row. This is it, my last year. If it doesn't work for me this year, I'm off the bandwagon, James Paxton. After this year, I'm off the off the James Paxton. This is it, my last go-around. I will probably have James Paxton in mixed leagues late. Just saw in an AL only, he went for a dollar. I think that's a steal. 13 starts last season, just under 8Ks per nine. The walk rate is high. It was almost four. ERA was under four. I'll give Paxton one more fire. Love the ballpark. Okay. He's worth a buck in an AL only. He's worth a buck in a mixed league. Okay, he's my he's another one late I'm willing to take a flyer on. Because every year there's one or two guys who you took late who take that next step. I keep going back to Dallas Keuchel on that. They've added Nate Carnes, formerly of Tampa. He's a solid pitcher there, too. This team, the staff is deep. They go seven deep. Felix Walker, Paxton, Miley, Ukama, Carnes, Vidal Nuno is there. So there's arms there who are going to be in the bullpen, who are going to come in and help when needed. I like the staff. The staff isn't bad. The key here is Walker, though. Walker needs to make, take the next step. Invest in Taiwan Walker. We've waited for him a few years. I think this is the year. He gets that ERA down a run to about three and a half. He'll win you 15 games. We know the strikeout rate is already terrific. Felix is still the ace. And then there's some decent mixed league options late. And a whole bunch of AL only options. A whole bunch of AL only options. Tampa Bay Rays. They've got their ace, Chris Archer. We talked about him. He cracked my top 12 overall. So we know we like him. But I like a lot of this stuff. This Tampa Rays staff, I'm all in on a lot of these guys in some mixed leagues. Jake Odorizzi, Drew Smiley, Erasmio Ramirez, and then Matt Moore, and then the Uber prospect, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is worth an investment. whether he cracks the starting rotation or not at the start of the season, expect to see him. Super, super talented. I think he won minor league pitcher of the year. Okay? And again, Tampa is one of those teams where I don't trust him offensively, but I'll always trust him pitching-wise. So if you tell me Blake Snell is going to be good, I believe you out of Tampa. We know what Archer is. Alex Cobb uh, should be back at some point this year from injury, from Tommy John surgery. I love this pitching staff. I love this pitching staff. Oda Rizzi has the ability to be an ace. I like Drew Smiley. They got him. Drew Smiley was the get in the David Price trade. So it tells you what Tampa thought of Drew Smiley. Okay? He was beat up a little bit. He had some labor issues in the shoulder. Okay. Finished the season last year five and two. Ten point four strikeouts per nine innings. 
So he seems healthy. That's how we finished the year. He had some issues, midseason, shoulder issues. If he's healthy, 10Ks per nine. Got to love that. Now, Oda Rizzi, as the season went on, got better and better and better last year. Finished 9-9, nine and nine, just on the 8Ks per nine innings at 335 ERA. Ramirez pitched with 375 ERA. But Smiley is going to be tempting. He finished with a 311, the 10.4Ks per nine innings. I can't shake that. And then there's Matt Moore, who won, what, 17, 18 games a few years ago? Tommy John surgery came back. He was not good. He was not good. And, it, and the story with Matt Moore has always been control issues. So last season he came up, he floundered, they send him back down, he pitched to a 5-4-3 ERA. Strikeouts were low for him, less than 7 per 9. Walks were about the same, over 3. So Matt Moore's got talent, can he package it all together? And then where does he fit in the staff? You know Archer, Odorizzi, Smiley's going to be there. I'm going to expect Ramirez to be there. So Matt Moore's really fighting for the fifth spot. And if he wins it and he get, puts it all together, he's tremendous. And then you got Blake Snell there. This is a terrific pitching staff. Alex Cobb, when he comes back, there's, a, there's an abundance of pitching in Tampa. Once they're all healthy, there's an abundance of pitching there in Tampa. Like that pitching staff a lot. And, and mixed league-wise, Archer, Odorizzi, Smiley. Matt Moore in a mixed league is strictly a, a, a gamble. He's a late-round gamble. Blake Snell... Dynasty, if you have the bench space or if it's a deep enough league to roster somebody who may be in the minors, you can do that on Snell. Otherwise, you monitor it. When he's ready to call up, about two weeks before Tampa brings him up, you grab him. Because once he comes up, he's not going back down and you're not going to have a chance to grab him. Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers, Cole Hamels, a full season of Cole Hamels this year. Okay. Full season of Hamels and you Darvish coming back. The Darvish won't be there opening day. They're hoping he's back by May. Obviously, both of those guys are maybe not number one, but number two fantasy starters in a mixed league. The rest of the staff has nobody I love. Derek Holland. Derek Holland has teased for a while. I, I, I just don't think he's ever been the guy that people thought he would be. I just don't think he's that guy. Last season, in only 58 innings, he pitched to a five, just under a 5 VRA. doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Not too interested in Holland. Chi-Chi Rodriguez, great name, but only four strikeouts per nine innings in 10 starts. ERA on the four. Okay. Hamels, he had just on the 9Ks per 9. He pitched very well for Texas last season. Okay, like we said, Darvish will be coming back from injury. So he will help when he gets there. When he gets there, you have two You have two number ones. You have two number one guys. Okay. Now, Colby Lewis is there. Now, Colby Lewis won 17 games for Texas last season. Career high in starts with 33, pitched over 200 innings last year, won the 17. Yet he did all of this with a 4.66 ERA and a strikeout rate of 6.24 Ks per nine. Didn't walk anybody, it was on the two walks per nine innings, so you like that. Okay? 
He did receive five and a half runs per game, though, which helped him win 17 games. Knee surgery in October. As of now, he's probable for the start of the season. So he'll be there. Nice play in an AL only, very deep mixed league. But remember, he's 36 years old. He's not a prospect who finally had his career year, so I can't invest much in Colby Lewis. This is Cole Hamels. This is you, Darvish. And we move forward. And then finally, the last staff, and, and this staff took a hit. They lost David Price. I've said David Price's name a lot today. He's been on so many of these teams, it seems. The Toronto Blue Jays. Marcus Stroman is there now to become the ace. He has to become the ace. That's what they're counting on. Now, Stroman, last season coming off the ACL, the knee injury, he was terrific. Down the stretch, four starts. They threw him in there. They threw him in there for the postseason, and he did it. In four games, he pitched to a 1-6-7 ERA, a sub-1 whip, 18 Ks in 27 innings. This is coming off a 2014 rookie season where he went 11-6 and with a 3-6-5 ERA. So you saw it. You saw glimpses his rookie year. You saw terrific last year down the stretch. He's going to be their number one. He's going to be the number one. Behind him, though, there's question marks. You've got R.A. Dickey. R.A. Dickey is not the R.A. Dickey who won the Cy Young for the Mets. And you kind of wonder, my God, what are the Blue Jays thinking? Now, when you look at the Mets staff and Noah Syndergaard, and you've got R.A. Dickey. Dickey went 11-11, 391 ERA. He's in innings. He's going to give you 215 innings a year. His last three-season average with Toronto, 13-12, 394, 159Ks in 218 innings. That's what R.A. Dickey is. He's an AL-only option at this point for R.A. Dickey. Marco Estrada. Marco Estrada last season, again, less than 7Ks per nine. Dickey was 5.2Ks per nine. But Estrada, 6.5Ks per nine. 313 or 813 and 8. A a, a mixed league later round pick would be Marco Estrada. Now, Drew Hutchinson. Hutchinson won 13 games last year. Yet pitched to a 5.57 ERA. J.A. Happ they signed. They have the young kid Sanchez. Where does he slot in? A lot of question marks in this Blue Jay staff. A lot of AL-only options, in my view. Other than Stroman. I like Stroman, and I'm kind of all in on him this year. He's somebody. He's somebody I want to find a way to get on as many mixed-league teams as I can. And somebody I'm willing to invest in. In a auction, AL-only type. I'll pay... I'll pay elite pitcher status for Marcus Stroman in an AL-only format. But that's folks. That's it, folks. I am out of time. I'm over time. I went over an hour today. So I want to thank everybody for listening today, whether live here on Blog Talk Radio or at any point on iTunes. I do appreciate it tremendously, as you know. Okay, don't forget, go to iTunes, search. Search for the show, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Download, subscribe, download, comment, rate the show. Do appreciate it. Hopefully we come at you here every weekend. Usually Saturdays, sometimes it may be Sunday mornings, but we'll be at with you every weekend. Cup of coffee and me, talking baseball throughout the baseball season. As always, you can follow on Twitter, 
at A-N-E-N-O Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Facebook, Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Okay, you can hear my other show every Tuesday night with my good friend Real Talk Raph as we talk fantasy sports as well. Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, right here on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes, Roto Baller, Fantasy Sports Radio as well. So that's where you can hear all the great stuff. I'll be back next week, next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. again. And we're going to do the same thing we did today, except we're going to talk National League. And I'll try not to talk about the Mets pitching staff for two and a half hours. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been fun, as always. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found it informative. Enjoy what's left of your weekend. Have a great day, folks.